And welcome back, everybody, to the Train of Ambivalence. With me, Zane. And me, Amwick. It's good to be back once again. We, we're seemingly, we're on a road to here of like a week and a day, because this time we're recording on a Thursday, and last week was a Wednesday, and the week before was a Tuesday. So we're slightly pushing it slightly, <laughs> but we're doing it, we're doing it. We're we, here, and that's what counts. We were going to say, we, we showed up, attendance has been checked, we're going to get the attendance trophy for this year. Exactly, Partition, participation trophies all around. <laughs> 2021 is going to be our year, where we grow from zero followers to... Maybe 0.5. Definitely. So let's get a cracking. So what would be a good opportunity here to talk about the news catch-up? So we don't actually have anything in terms of cyberpunk for the first time in quite a while. Yeah, no like, no kind of hilarious glitches to speak of other than some weird occasional like blips you get on the radar. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The, the glitches will probably keep coming. It's like an endless gold mine. And I'm honestly, I, it, as I said last week, it's made my 2020. It, it's really a brilliant cap off to the year. I mean, like the only thing I feel, feel like we can kind of mention is the weird adult children that you sent me this morning. That was hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, so no, an image was going around last night, which was basically all of the child models in Cyberpunk, for some reason, are just shrunk down versions of the adult models. And yeah, so they're just smaller with the adult, same adult faces and heads. It's just funny. <laughs> it's very, it's, I say, that is a very apt, apt model. You've got, you've got to love that attention to detail. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of wish it was that was the case in The Witcher 3, to be honest. Like, it would have been jarring as hell, but hilarious. I mean, for me, that's kind of like more kind of nightmare fuel more than anything. <laughs> like, I'd like for, uh, that's what I'd imagine you'd probably see in, like, the Shining Hotel. <laughs> so do you want to take us off with our first piece of news? First piece of news. So what have we got? So, um, the Super Nintendo World that um, is opening in Japan, they released the kind of costume mascots and poster pictures online. The they look the suits look pretty good, but everyone's been obsessed with the uh, very very chunky Toad. <laughs> it's adorable, and he's a, he's an absolute unit. I don't know what else there is to say on that one. You know what? He reminds me of like this Pikachu doll I used to have, where it's the dead expression because he's not smiling. He looks like he's been, he looks like there's a corpse or like a person actually who's been melted underneath a, a, a wax figure. <laughs> and like when you're walking past, he's like shaking and in pain, but he's stuck with that expression. It reminds me of the House of Wax. That's what it is. I'm thinking of the House of Wax. I mean, the, the expression is very reminiscent of like a, a, the Pokemon coughing. <laughs> that fixed expression. That doesn't change in any of the games. Happiness is the best way to describe it. I would love for there to be this weird toad. (laughs) This toad. (laughs) (laughs) I can't look at it without. I can't look at it without laughing and smiling. Like if 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 anybody like listened to this hasn't seen it yet, just just honestly Google it. You're you're in for a treat. It's got cute little shoes. It's tubby as hell. It's an absolute unit. I don't know how on earth the person inside is managing to like stay upright because they're like obviously it's got the real, really big bulbous like mushroom head the people inside oh, oh yeah this thing can move around it's a, <laughs> it's a person inside it's a, it's a natural mascot costume oh my god yeah that's terrifying like whatever you're whatever you're paying this person it's probably not enough at least you can't get you probably you're probably like safe from covid inside that costume <laughs> how is he not always off balance with I that giant know. head i don't know bless him <laughs> bless 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 whoever is in that costume they are truly doing the lord's work someone needs to make a set like this into a statue and just place it at madame with the swords <laughs> <laughs> I amongst like brad pitt and it's like and toad from mario <laughs> I, I love it. it. That, the costume's amazing, and the the peach costume's really good. Mm. Um, really, really quite cool. Um, but yeah, they're the only two costumes I saw. So I, I wonder about the characters who don't have like human 
ish body proportions. Like, for example, is there going to be a chain chomp mascot? And is this going to be a man who's like, who's curled himself up into a ball bouncing around? And that's why he's so erratic. He's moving around so erratically. I mean, and everyone's like, oh, look at him. He's like an actual chain chomp. He's coming to buy us. And in reality, he's just trying to escape from this hell he's been put into. I mean, they could realistically actually have a chain chomp mascot. I think the issue is like, you're. The You'd have to black up. Person, the person would be in the sphere. Sphere. They wouldn't be blacking up, dude. Come on. The person would be in the sphere. They'd be dragging around the chain, which would probably be like a health and safety issue with people falling over. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's, that's me being sensible. It's like the giant chain chomp teeth, and the health and safety issue is the chain. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. The Definitely. Part, the, ironically, the part which keeps you safe in the game. Hmm. Um, I mean, like, they could have, like, Yoshi costumes. That'd be quite cool. But again, like, balance. Like, People would constantly jump on the poor guy's back, though, and punch him yeah. in the back of the head to make him spit his tongue out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, if any country could make a make a mascot costume which spits out a tongue and then withdraws it back in, it'd be Japan. They're, they're, they're going to be the people that master that technology. <laughs> what about... Because I guess it would have to be like a button. It's like a tongue button, basically. Oh, yeah, but uh, that technology would be wiped for abuse in various industries that we won't mention. <laughs> it's, um, I imagine a Waluigi costume probably isn't going to be a thing. No, uh, probably not. Yeah. Probably not. And not. Talking about these costumes, it kind of it really hits home how awkwardly proportioned all these characters are. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. They're they're not. They're kind of freaks, aren't they? I mean, you you know when you're playing Mario Odyssey and you've got Mario in New York, the New Donk City, it's weird. Like, yeah, it really hits home how how strange everything is in the Mushroom Kingdom. <laughs> they got realistically proportioned humans, a realistic looking dog, and then just Mario running around like, what the fuck? What is this? He's clearly from a different planet because there's no way these people are think like, he's an actual person. Mm, so true. So true. But hey, I, I gotta love it. I can't wait to see what they come out next with the details in this uh, Super Nintendo world. I can't wait to go, even though probably will never be going. I mean, yeah, it, it looks amazing. That, that that tour looked so cool. I'd love to go there. Probably not going to happen for several years, but it's like, hey, hey, fans, hey, fa- if you really love us, you'd fund our trip to Nintendo World, and then we can do a podcast from Nintendo World. <laughs> Man, that'd be amazing. I'd love it. <laughs> I'm or kind of just looking at. I'm kind of just like looking at other bits of news, and like I kind of see that um, Baskin, Baskin and Robbins in Japan are offering like new Pokemon. Well, basically New Year sets of like plates with like Pokemon stuff on it. Hmm. Looks really cool. Check that shit out if you can see it. There you go. There you go, Zane. You can probably see that. It's like the actual plates. Yeah, the actual plates. They look really cool. Really cute designs. Hmm. Man, I'm so <laughs> jealous of all the stuff that Japan gets. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, it's like the merchandising Japan gets is, you know, you're ultimately playing into the big company consumerism, but my God, I, I'm jealous. Incredible. And uh, like, even, even like New York, because they've got the um, Nintendo, um, the Nintendo store there. Yeah. They get like some really cool merchandise when I went there. Um, they've like recently released like um, the airline jackets for the Dodo company for Animal Crossing. Yeah. Those jackets look awesome. I'd so one one, but of course, like it's only available in the Nintendo store in New York. In New York. I'm sure you can order it here, can't you? No. Are they not begging for business right now? No, they don't have the they don't have that stuff online, unfortunately. Oh, that's weird. It it looks amazing. Although I want it would go out of sale uh, out of stock really quickly if they did make it widely available. <laughs> and it kind of takes away some of the glamour of it being like its own shop if you're then selling it online, I guess. Yeah, true. I mean, like a lot of a lot of this, like I've got. I think I've got a pair of sweatpants which say um, Nintendo Store New York, mm. and they are cool as hell. Got to say, I love them. But uh, what else has what else has been on your 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 radar? Well, what I found really interesting is that you've got the best selling indie games of 2020, and uh, the ones that you would expect to be there are pretty much there. Um, but what, what's nuts to me is that Hades is like right near the top and Hades has been out for much lo- less time than most of these other games. Hmm. So it oh, just yeah. shows how well it's been doing and like word of mouth has massively played to this game's favor because yeah. 
you know, it, it came out and Nintendo did the direct where they showcased it. And I was like, oh, this looks interesting. It looks a lot like Bastion or whatever. And then, uh, you know, the the company came out and told people what it's actually about. And it looked really interesting. And, and I guess the gameplay is amazing. I haven't played it myself, but I thought to myself, ah, that's an interesting looking game. I have no idea what to say about this game. <laughs> I mean, like I've been reading some reviews about it and just like word of mouth, I've been hearing stuff on Tumblr and other um, outlets. It's just quite interesting like the, f- the feedback the fans have been giving back has been like massively positive well people wanted like, it to I've, win game of the year so that should say a lot right like they wanted oh, it to win definitely. game of the year over things like ghost of tsushima and i mean uh, i mean like it, it's definitely something i would play i mean i love the whole like greek mythology that kind of stuff so hmm. it's definitely gonna be on my list for or well, i guess next year Fair enough. And it's been in the sale this Christmas, so it's went down from, I think, £20 to, like, 15 So it's it's probably going to be around that price a few times this year. So we would recommend getting on it when you can. I can't imagine it's too big a file size either. Mm. Um, the other one that I'm seeing on here is... Um, it's obviously you get, you get things like uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, uh, but although I don't think that's technically independent... I don't think that's indie... I'm not too sure myself. To be Microsoft. I don't know how it works, but I know Microsoft own that IP, or they own the company who make that IP. I mean, um, that's technically, but um, I guess it would kind of come under. <laughs> it's hard to say. It is hard to say because, like, the ways companies are segmented. Um, and then the other one for me, the most recognizable one is uh, Bloodstained: Curse of the Moon Two, uh, which is a sequel to the the NES like. Bloodstained Castle of the Moon, which came out about 2018. That was a really good game. It's like a homage to old school Castlevanias, not the not the Metroidvanias where you're exploring and trying to get power-ups and stuff, but like the old school ones where you're going from stage to stage and just killing everything in your path and trying to survive. But that first game is fantastic. And I, I did play the second one myself, but I, I think I got to the final level of the first run-through and just couldn't fucking beat the final boss. Really? Yeah, it's significantly. I think it's harder than the first one. The first one you can cheese quite a bit with mm. certain power-ups. Like uh, there's um, there's a wizard in the first one called Alfred, and he has this one spell that you can use where you can freeze things, like literally anything that you throw a, a, a freeze at, it'll just freeze. And what you can do is switch between him and the um, the girl Miriam. And she has this giant axe, which like it takes ages to wind up, but does loads of damage. So if you've frozen them, then the the wind up doesn't mean anything. Yeah, right? you, can, you can just set yourself up beautifully for like a basically just mass care of thing. Exactly. And the thing is that with that game, you you switch characters on the fly by pressing the shoulder buttons. So you just I go. Do, I, really I do love that kind of like fast interplay there. It's honestly such a good game. Like I would recommend, I'd highly recommend the first one. Um, the second one, they changed up the characters, but then the old characters come in afterwards. But it's like, the first one is, is weird because it's like the sequel doesn't necessarily follow on from the plot of the first one hmm. because there's like four endings from the first one and it doesn't follow on from any of them. Oh, that is. <laughs> That's quite interesting. Yeah, the only the only the only common ground between the two is the main character Zengetsu. Oh yeah, who's like the um, the he, he's just like one of the main characters in the in Ritual of the Night as well. But in the second one, one of the characters is a corgi in a mech. I love that idea. Yeah, and he's he's the most broken one. He's amazing. Like you can use your special ammo to um to basically just go straight up invincible with him, and he's the only one who has a hover. He's a giant mech with the head of a corgi. Like it it is pretty much offers the entertainment value that you think it does. That's hilarious. Speaking of corgis, I was I was out for a walk yesterday and I saw an absolutely it was a very chubby corgi and I just lost my shit laughing at it because it was so adorable. <laughs> but yeah, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's about it, man. Like in terms of in terms of the news, like week to week, there's not a lot going on, but we're we're seeing bits here and there that we think is worth bringing up. Um, the, the the last thing I saw, which I thought was uh, maybe a point I wanted to bring up, is yeah, okay, it's about cyberpunk again, but it's less to do with the news. I saw somebody say that there's like this uh, realism to it where you can actually, you, when you play cyberpunk on PS5, you're going to get a bit more of an upgrade, right? Hmm. 
and it might be an experience which is just comparable to what you're getting on PC. And someone's like, man, it's so cool. You get to like trim the character's nails and stuff. And I was like, yeah, you know, at some point people kind of mistook realism for entertainment because yeah, you, that's tedium, not right? something I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's tedium. Like, I understand people are like, oh my God, it's so realistic. But guys, realistic doesn't necessarily mean fun. And I feel yeah. like fun is the main objective of a game, not realism. Yes. Yeah. I don't understand why you'd want that in a game. Because here's the thing. Fun is timeless. Realism means you can get dated very easily because yeah. realism is catering to the time of the day, like literally when that game gets released. So things that were realistic, like Grand Theft Auto, people thought was realistic in the early 2000s, right? Because they're like, it's a real world and you get actual people and then, and, and, you know, you, the people are actually bleeding and shit. But those games nowadays, like you look at the graphics especially, they look horrible the people specifically yeah. the cities yeah. are still really beautiful like yeah. when you I, I love the the skylines in those games specifically oh yeah they are incredible in in vice city like the purple mm. hue yeah you you get to a top a really high building and you could just really appreciate the skylines so. but the people like the actual people look awful and it's one of those things that i'm sure like even gta 5 in maybe 10 years that'll look terrible but when you're focusing, when the focus is on fun, people don't give a fuck. People go, it's still a fun game. I love it. Like Mega Man X isn't the most graphically intense game. It's, it, it slows down a lot when you're shooting things and there's too much going on on screen. But I still play it in every single console I own because it's fun. <laughs> Whereas, I mean, on, like honestly, like you you mentioned like cutting nails in a game, and I'd assume it'd be like some sort of mini game associated with like WarioWare or something like that. <laughs> I like I can't I can't picture it in any other format where it'd work. It's just you're bringing an element of tedium that Definitely. I think you, you, they think is like oh this is so cool it's realistic but that wears off real fucking quickly. You know. Definitely, definitely, without a doubt. I for some reason just wanted to go on that rant. It's like that, seeing somebody say that I was like man fuck this like what the fuck are you talking about that stuff isn't interesting. It's ugh yeah. I mean, I mean, I think they really just tried to push the boat out on like how much you could really customize and alter the appearance of your character. Yeah, but um, you you've got to just really draw the line somewhere. And it's like I when I was playing Last of Us Two, right? I'm like, wow, this is a really nice looking game, hmm. but I have no intention of playing that game ever again because ultimately, I just thought, well, yeah, it's really nice looking. I, I think the world is immersive and beautiful, but there's only so many times that you can get, you can be impressed by a good looking game, you know? That's true. And that then you very true. have the gameplay to focus on. Hmm. Then it's, it, it's, you know, if you don't find the gameplay as fun and replayable, then you're probably not going to go back to it. <laughs> Definitely not. That, that is the reality of it. Yeah. So, um... Have you got anything else in terms of news? Or in terms of news, I have absolutely nothing else. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> That's that I can actually think of. That's good because it means we're not dragging on too much and we can go straight to our main topic of the day. Mm -hmm. So we both uh were fortunate enough to watch I say fortunate. We both have watched Wonder Woman 84, 1984. Yes, we did. Yes, indeed we did. That was uh that was a hell of a long film. <laughs> We, we both got the work. We're going to be doing our spoiler review. So, mm. having in mind, if you haven't watched it yet, or if you okay, to be perfectly upfront about this, it's you know, it's a fucking superhero film. These plot points and spoilers—they're not really, they're not really important. Like especially no. on the woman and the DC films, they don't really have plot points where you'd think, "Oh man, I wish I didn't know that in advance." But but if you want a completely blind experience then i'd recommend going to watch the film however means you can and then coming back to our to, to hear our thoughts but thank you if you are listening in the first place but anyway so let's talk about this goddamn fucking film <laughs> Wait, so, where do you want to where do you want to start first impression so ugh, god damn it right so wonder woman 84 was 150 minutes and i think let, let's talk about the film length to begin with so was it this long because it was designed for streaming uh, 
in in my mind, the only way a film of that length would seem like a good idea to put out is because it's been delayed for like so long and such a, for such an extended period. Mm. They've kind of just like foregone like releasing a director's cut or something and just like fuck it, let's just get the shit out there now. I assume the editors were on furlough. <laughs> that's, the only that. thing, that's the only thing I can assume because this game, this film had no business being so long, man. No. And the problem is with uh, with problems we will get into you know, a little bit later on. It makes the the whole experience feel lesser. Yeah, less yeah. is less is more sometimes, and especially with certain types of films that aren't particularly deep, I'd say, or aren't particularly entertaining at times. Less is definitely more. I mean, like call me old fashioned. I like to get a film out of the way in one sitting and not have to take multiple breaks. But you, you had to take breaks, right? I had to take breaks. <laughs> I think, like, I absolutely had to take breaks. Like me and my family, we all had to take breaks because we could not sit down that long. <laughs> so let's try to like recap the film a little bit. Um, I, I, I've made notes of different bits in the films and just like thoughts that came to me. One of the things that I noticed throughout, so Wonder Woman's theme plays constantly, right? You know, like mm-hmm. and every single time I tried to replicate it later, I kept accidentally doing this the the tiki tune that they do in Scrubs. The na 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 na. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, just thought I'd mention that for some reason. Uh, <laughs> so the, <laughs> the film starts off with Famouscari and Olympics kind of thing, and you've mm-hmm. got Wonder Woman as a child competing against all these different women who are grown ups. And uh, essentially, they're doing a race till the end. Whoever makes it, makes it. It's kind of like a dog-eat-dog fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what's interesting is that Wonder Woman is basically going to win. Like she's yeah, she's she's, she's in the lead for like the majority of the race, but then she gets caught off behind and loses a horse, and then she kind of makes makes a bit of a cheated route to the finish line. Yeah, she, she basically she basically gets pulled up on it. <laughs> she gets pulled up on a bullshit. Well, this is the thing. She she hits her face on a branch. And ends up coming, well, ends up having to take the cheat route. But then when she, after she finished, they said to her, they were just like, you didn't win because you weren't ready. And I'm like, no, she, she didn't win because of a branch. Like, she would have won. If like, she, she, she 100% would have won, but they <laughs> just, to, they totally just kind of like ripped into her. <laughs> I, I, I really felt bad for her because she was a child. <laughs> she was a child. So the, the central plot MacGuffin of this whole film is that there is a magic rock and this magic rock which was like bestowed upon them by the gods it's it's effectively like a monkey's paw and i even made a note of this when i was when i was watching it and bef- i said i was just like is the magic rock a monkey paw a monkey's paw or a genie and then later on they specifically call it a monkey's paw and i was like oh, ah yeah. they, yeah, they, they call it they call it a monkey's paw like several times through the entire <laughs> thing cuz like the the whole basis of it is you make a wish, but in return, it takes something from you. And that's the bit which I was never particularly clear on. Like, I, I wasn't too sure on what it took from Diana until right at the end when they were like, oh, it's her power. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't really see that. No, you, like, they mentioned that way too late. Cause it's, you, there's like, I understand if there's like a steady decline in the power, but there's not enough to implicitly like show that. That's exactly it. They told us and they didn't show it. And I feel like that is the cardinal sin of storytelling. Yeah, yeah it wasn't until like maybe the four last 45 minutes of the film <laughs> where you start to see like she's basically getting her ass kicked because she is basically losing her powers. Mm. And talking about her powers, I didn't realize she wasn't able to fly until she started I didn't, flying. I didn't know she could even fly until she actually started doing it. I was like, I don't know. I, maybe it's just because I don't don't pay much attention to like the DC films. I just found it funny because I was like, "Wait, couldn't she fly all along? I swear she's always flown." And then she started flying, and I was like, "Oh, oh! Apparently she just learned how to do that now." And then yeah, they also they also tell you about how the invisible jet gets made, which was interesting. Should we do like a a mini plot summary, by the way? Yeah, let's do it. You go for it. Okay, cool. So we've got this uh, the bad guy played by Pedro Pascal. His name is Maxwell Lord. And he's super obsessed with making his... I mean, I didn't really understand his intentions, if I'm being perfectly honest. 
he basically wanted to be a successful business. like oil tycoon and successful businessman yeah like, and he's like he's built this like persona of being like a kind of tv media personality but that doesn't quite reflect what's going on does it no and i think it was a little like it was a it was a kind of endemic to the rest of how the film goes that it was a bit confusing over like his intentions to be honest i knew he wanted to make money but then where the fuck did he he started spiraling into yeah. wanting way more and it's like uh where's this coming from but yeah so you've got this bad guy maxwell lord and he wants it to he wants to use the monkey's poor plot MacGuffin rock because he can effectively just get more and more power and he talks about how he wants more and more he actually says that fair few times throughout the film um you've also got christian wig in there who has this whole girl art well like she, you know they do that thing with christian wig where they say to us the audience that oh look how unattractive she is but she's still she's still more attractive than the average person in that like yeah, she's still she's still Kristen Wiig. She's still Kristen Wiig. That's the thing. They did that thing where they were like, "Oh, look, you know, she's wearing glasses and she's got big frizzy hair," and it's like, "Yeah, but she's still got a like a face. She's still got a nice face and good bone structure. Like, she, you you can't hide attractiveness. You know, she's still more attractive than the average person. Like, I don't understand her whole her whole plot summary. Her whole art could be could be summed up in just she learned how to be confident." <laughs> Basically, yeah, she essentially just wished for confidence. <laughs> she wished for confidence with a, with a helping of superpower. That's basically all it was. And um, Diana's, well, her plot was basically she was, she was lonely and, and then she made a wish for Steve Trevor to come back. So Steve, Steve Trevor comes back, Chris Pine, mm-hmm. and he's actually a different guy, but she sees him as, as Steve yeah, that was, that was weird. And I appreciate, you know, we're doing this recap and it sounds like we're ham-fisting it, but I feel like it's also reflective on how kind of here and there the plot was. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> like, we're, not, we're not taking any ending away from it because it is just what it is, really. It, it is what it is. And the thing is, this, so they... Basically, the whole the whole thing centers around his rock, and they're like, "Oh, we need to go chase after it." They chase the Maxwell Lord to various countries, eventually ending up back in America because obviously everything ends in America. And uh, yeah, and then they they stop him. And I wish I could say more, but to be honest, there's really not a lot to it. You can see everything coming from a mile away. And it's just kind of there for entertainment purposes. And this is what I mean when I say this film shouldn't have been 150 minutes long mm. if I just made an entire plot summary in like five seconds. <laughs> I mean, there were certainly parts of the film I, I actually did enjoy. Like the when it starts off in the Mysteria and then goes to the, like the 80s, I did enjoy like the color scheme, the palette, the color scheme and everything associated with like being an 80s film. It's like, it really reminded me of like, the older Superman films with like Christopher Reeves and stuff. It's like mm-hmm. that kind of feel to it, which I quite appreciated. Um, I do feel like the addition of Chris Pine didn't quite add anything to the <laughs> film whatsoever. Like his dialogue just wasn't great. Like I did, the I did, I did, I did like them highlighting from the start, like um, Diana's like loneliness and just her, her isolation that she was dealing with. Um, I did like the kind of building of stuff like the how you mentioned the invisible jet. I thought that was quite cool. Yeah. Um I didn't I did quite enjoy Pedro Pascal. Um he did ham it up a bit, but I did love his like slow descent uh, descent into like just just going absolutely nuts, becoming increasingly more unhinged after each wish he started to grant. I did quite enjoy that. I liked Pedro Pascal the most, I think, out of the whole film. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was intentional, but yeah, as you said, because he hammed it up so much. So what I said about him is that like he, he plays the obsessive villain type. But yeah. if I could sum him up, if I could sum him up in one word, it would be he was stoned. Like mm. literally. <laughs> my, my, mean, my theory is the way the stone works and the reason why it was making him more and more corrupt is that the stone was up his butt and every wish that someone made, the stone would go further up. <laughs> and I mean, that's why he becomes such a mess by the end because it's right up there 
I mean, the fact that he like absorbed the stone into himself, like what did he although do? that was that was quite cool. But you could see like each time he's making a wish, it was just taking more and more from him, and as a result, even though he was asking for more, he was just losing more. And yeah. I thought that was quite cool. And they did this whole thing with his son, where they where they were like, oh, you know, you do have something important that's worth. It was worth all the money in the world, blah blah blah. You know the usual kind of stuff when it comes to these sorts of these sorts of emotional moments. Uh, how did you think Kristen Wiig was? I liked Kristen Wiig. I, I like Kristen Wiig in general. Um, they, as I said, they try that thing where you know they they pretend like an actually attractive person is ugly, even though she's just and she she just looks normal. If I'm being honest, when they pretend she's unattractive, um, I mean that's the thing about this movie because everyone has. A wish granted i think like the characters basically play two roles the before the wish and after the wish yeah and you do over the course of 150 minutes you do see how each time they have a wish they are transformed both like in looks and personality Mm. and i I did appreciate that development like you see Kristen wick to go from a very nervous very insecure and competent individual yeah. someone that suddenly is confident and is happy to talk and just yeah just i thought that was quite cool the only person that doesn't really sit with is diana herself mm. who i felt was pretty much the same throughout the whole thing yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like she, I, yeah. I also think that's just her in in that film specifically it was it was her arc which wasn't the most interesting because her arc was i'm sad about steve but Mm. it's also been like 40 something years since the war yeah but i think it kind of just it's more like i think it's more to highlight the the fact that her longevity whatever you call it like the fact that she lives for so long yeah i don't think she dies right like that's the whole point she's I don't, I don't I don't know how it works. I mean she she was a child at some point and now she's just been like an adult for the longest time. <laughs> so I have no clue how this works. It'd be good if they touched up on it, but I don't think you could really explain something like that. What did you think of the so I I I've, I think uh Cheetah Kristen Wiig's Cheetah has had the record for the most amount of costume changes for a villain because she goes from from like nerd to to normal to then leopard skin villain to then an actual leopard or cheetah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm glad they saved the like the cheetah transformation for like the last moments. I I was yes. very um, I was very concerned when I saw the leopard skin like the hooker look basically because I was like, oh no, that's not the main costume, is it? Like. <laughs> kind of remind me, what's that um that um Julia Roberts film where she plays a hooker? Pretty woman. Pretty woman. <laughs> it kind of reminded me like vaguely of that. But um God, like the cheat transformation, it just gave you like such like twenty nineteen cats vibes, doesn't it? It really does, yeah. It's, uh... like, that's not a direction that any film wants to be going in in with is It's like if you look at it for too long your brain melts. They're like given like this film was meant to release like Christmas last year, wasn't it? Fuck, was it? Yeah, I think it was meant to release Christmas last year. So they probably had that like dead set to go and that transformation dead set to go at the same time the Cats film was being released. I wonder if it was the same studio. That's a good point. Could be. You know, one thing I wanted to know is like the numbers around this film, like how well it did, but because it's on streaming, because it's straight to streaming, you're just not going to know that kind of stuff, right? Like, besides... If you... Yeah, I mean, like if you go on Wiki, you can check out the um, the box office numbers in comparison to like it's a budget. But yeah, it's going to be hard to say how much it actually does make. Um, I really feel in the UK, they should have just released it onto a streaming site instead of releasing it into for like a cinema release yeah stupid move you're only just wasting money you're over here nobody's going to cinema yeah i mean like you're only just wasting money and you're only just getting other people infected with covid (laughs) so yeah there's that also i think um there's a mall scene at the very beginning and as you were kind of touching on what you were saying earlier i was in in the setting i felt could have been like a crossover with back to the future (laughs) Man, that would have been jokes. 
Yeah. Oh, that would have been great. Oh, and the bit which kills me, right? So there's they've got the bank robbers in the beginning and the bank robbers are running around and uh, one of them drops his bag and a gun falls out. And this lady's like, gun! And it causes the entire mall to go into a fit of panic and everyone starts running around like crazy. And all I could think was, but but it's America. Like, they would have just turned around and gone, hey, you dropped your gun, which you're, you're kind of probably allowed to have, I guess? Yeah, I thought that was a bit strange. I mean, considering, like, I've seen posts online about people who go into, like, supermarkets with, like, the semi-automatics. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm saying. It's like, isn't it just normal for America? What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, I've, I've, seen, I've seen news articles of, like, someone accidentally shooting themselves in the foot in the restaurant of a like in the toilet of a restaurant so <laughs> assume like seeing guns are just like such a common occurrence yeah that's why I, I was like sure even especially back in the 80s right because it would have been less regulation i don't understand why they made a big deal out of it yeah i wasn't quite sure either but yeah <laughs> and did they actually touch on like where those um robbers were coming from because i because I'm not sure if those robbers were, men, were implicitly stated to have been hired by Maxwell Lord. Yeah, they don't really touch on that, no. if I'm not mistaken. Because yeah, like I, I kind of assume those robbers were hired by Maxwell Lord. I thought they were doing the, selfish needs, like the monkey rock. I thought they were just going in because they knew it was like uh, antiques that were worth a lot. So they were just like, oh yeah, I want to go steal everything. Because I thought they were just rummaging around all of it. I'm not too sure actually. But then again, I don't want to go into it again. Yeah, you absolutely don't want to watch that film again. And in, again, in the mall, there's a scene, they do that typical thing where like it's a standoff with the guns and the hero and then a child wanders in. There's always a child that wanders in and whilst everyone else is in a panic. And like, have yeah, you ever met the children? Child, they don't respond. The child well. just doesn't read the room and just, just <laughs> carries on about with their shit. Children don't respond well to adults panicking because for them that's like oh my god what's actually happening if the adults are the ones who are what you know what i mean why is this child wandering into the middle of a gunfight and also why where like where's the parents why these films are like an advertisement for bad parenting is what i'm trying to say basically is it, be, it really basically is but hey gotta make movies you gotta uh, set the scene I was saying in terms of, so we were saying about the overall dialogue is that this film reminded me of certain aspects of Justice League when it came to the dialogue in the sense that, yeah, it wasn't the best. Um, And I think that's what kind of wore me down a little bit because the characters would be talking and you think to yourself, my God, they're um, not really saying much. And I I don't know if that's because of the runtime again, I don't know if everything I'm saying negative just links back to the runtime. Is that because you're seeing more of it, it exacerbates the issues? Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I see what you mean. And it's, it, just, I feel, it just really would have benefited from like a super ruthless editor. Yeah, absolutely. And when you've got, uh, when you've got this film and compared to like all the other DC films, where would you rank it? Uh, I mean, how many of them have you watched? Um, so I've seen like Shazam, I've seen Aquaman, I've seen Justice League, I've seen well, both uh, Wonder Woman films. I've seen. So let's um, start with I've that. Seen, I've not seen. I've not seen Batman versus Superman. Let's start um, with that. Where, let, where do you think it ranks in compared to the first Wonder Woman? I think I pre- I prefer the first one. I think I also prefer the first one, but I also don't. F- remember the first one very well and um, i mean it, the first one gets let down slightly towards the end with like the battle and everything it, like the with was, was a bit was a bit much yeah um but I'd, I'd say the first one's a stronger movie i think the first I one mean, is a better ensemble you know you've yeah. got that kind of um big cast a, yeah the ragtag uh, group <laughs> little group there yeah, it's more fun when they... Because this one was very... Obviously, it's Wonder Woman, but this one was very Diana-centric. Mm. Uh, Kristen Wiig kind of felt more like a side character in this one. Like, she did have an arc. She did have her moments, but it, it wasn't... There weren't too many where she was also there with Wonder Woman. 
Mm. It was more like things were one woman was doing things and she was just being directly, directly or indirectly affected. There was a scene where she absolutely kicks the shit out of that guy um, who harassed her, and it's like I was watching it thinking, I know the purpose of this is to try and paint her out as menacing, but I'm like, yeah, you know what, fair enough, good. <laughs> yeah, I, I think like the purpose of it was because she gains her wish, but then she starts to lose her humanity. Yeah. But but the guy harassing her, like he had it coming. He had it coming. A hundred percent, he had it coming. Yeah, like like he like he was a like he was a scumbag not once but twice. To, to, and the yeah. second like the second time he like she called him out on it and then just kicked his ass. Yeah, and like yeah, I was just like yeah, this isn't making me sympathize with her less. I'm like yeah, no, fair enough. That's that's good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, like yeah, go ahead, Kristen Wiig. <laughs> they, they they could have done something better to demonstrate how she's she's got her powers she's got the confidence but she's lost her humanity they could have done something a bit better yeah because that was in my opinion more rational than yeah. than trying to demonstrate how she's kind of become a beast you know like that was very rational <laughs> oh definitely but um uh, i don't know what else to say about the film really yeah this the problem with these like these sorts of films, especially Wonder Woman um, and these superhero films, is that when they're middle of the road, which I think this film is, there's very little... Because if a film's all bad, it makes it more interesting. Mm. And a film's, if a film is all good, then, you know, you can you can praise it and talk for ages. But this is like... It, it fe- I'm glad I was multitasking while watching this film because I've, I would feel like I would have lost, like, uh, two... Uh, was it 250 minutes of my life? Uh, yeah, see, I I watched it with the family on Christmas evening. So that film very much was like the like what our what we planned for the evening. That film was basically it. So there was no moving away from it. Man. Unfortunately for us. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. Just to get there, out. There of course there's gonna be another Wonder Woman film and I am gonna end up seeing that again. Yeah, I do wonder where they're going to go from here, to be honest. I mean, I imagine they just have to carry on where, like, Justice League finishes, right? Because there's, there's, the only time period they have now is the 90s, and I don't feel like the 90s were so drastically different from the 80s for them. Uh, probably not. I mean, but, mm. <sighs> I mean they've, they've got stuff they could do. They've got stuff they could explore. They could like they come. They could come out with like a good cyborg film. Like, it, it's it's cyborg, isn't it? Yeah, cyborg. Yeah, yeah. They could come out with a good cyborg film. They could. They have like plenty of material to work with. They could. Yeah, they could surprise us with something for the nineties. You never know. Maybe I imagine I'd I'd prefer if they did like a an, a film set more in like the Fumiscaria bit universe if you know what i mean rather than her coming into like the normal world if they did more exploring like a like a famous carrier war maybe there have been in like injustice for example uh famous carrier goes to war with atlantis and if they did that that'd be really interesting like imagine wonder woman and aquaman going to war that would be really cool actually that would be actually really badass that would be really badass right but it probably would only happen if they ever did like an actual adaptation of injustice Mm. I mean that would that would be badass, and that would definitely sell a hell of a lot of tickets. Mm. Um, and that would be a really interesting storyline to explore. Plus, you'd got lots of world building you could do for both both areas. Exactly, and it's like two established films. And now you do the crossover. You don't do the crossover first, and then build on everyone's films individually afterwards. Fucking idiots! Whoever planned this, <laughs> man, it, I, I definitely think this film was overall like better than Justice League. But I don't think it was as good as um, which was a good one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one. But uh, we we watched it. We lost uh, 150 minutes of our lives, but we watched it. We watched it, and you know, as I said, watch this film if you. Well, obviously, you've already watched this film if you've bothered listening to review. Um, but it's 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 okay. It's not bad. That's the best, like, best way I can put it. It's very middle of the road. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I, I just can't get away from the time off the film. That's, the, that's my main issue. Yeah, do, do it, but do something else whilst you're doing it because you may regret it afterwards. That's the thing, though. I'm, you, you can multitask and watch, like, watch a film, but I can't 
yeah i can like if, if if i was like on my phone whilst watching a film i'd lose like crucial plot details and i'd just get lost this is why i find a novelty in anime because i'm forced to watch and dedicate myself solely to what i'm watching mm. so should we go yeah. should we move on to the next segment i feel like we have talked wonder woman to death and we have nothing to say about it <laughs> let's do it let's let, let's move on Cool. Let's bury this. Let's bury this fucking thing. So, what have you been? Uh, what have you been up to recently in terms of like uh, what's the hammer catch up? So, what have I been watching? What have I been doing? So, I've been, I've been watching. Uh, I've been a little bit behind on my anime. I've just about caught up with Jujutsu Kaisen. They've gone on uh, hiatus for about two weeks now after last week's episode. So, what is it? It's. Like- um, anime that's come out as part of the fall 2020 season okay um a little bit covering um curses kind of well, basically um curses that come about and you got a set of sources sorcerers that basically um fight these curses um they're basically kind of just like demons basically um really quite entertaining it's quite a fun quite a good anime so far it's got really good reviews animation solid voice acting's pretty good really enjoyable um the only downside is it's what we should do a segment called AA and like Amrick's anime. And then it's basically you talk about anime that you're recommending. Yeah. You, you, we totally could do that. Actually. <laughs> and um, you get somebody to do a voiceover a clip that we play before it starts going, welcome to AA. <laughs> and I have my own little theme song as well. <laughs> my name um, is Amrick and I'm into anime. <laughs> it's got, it's got to be like a proper like shonen, like enthusiastic, like really in good intro yeah it fits the tone but sorry what are you saying <laughs> yeah Jojo's Kaisen will definitely recommend you like only 12 episodes so far but it's it's been fantastic really enjoyable dialogues great um quite a lot lots of interesting world building mm-hmm. um like I said it's gone been on a bit of a hiatus now um just over the Christmas period so I've just started watching um uh, reading the manga instead <laughs> <laughs> which I always end up doing for a lot of the stuff I watch. Uh, but yeah, we'll definitely recommend it. Um, I'm also watching um, a series from the 90s called, I'm probably going to butcher this pronunciation, Roroni Kenshin. Okay. Um, Samurai X. Really good series. Really kind of basic 90s, um, 90s animation about uh, a wandering samurai. But yeah, about... 90 so episodes but i'm just powering my way through it nice. at a alarmingly fast speed <laughs> like considering i only started uh last week i'm on episode 30 fair enough it's like that's been your christmas then yeah pre- pretty much pretty much <laughs> what about yourself what, are you, what have you been getting through um well i have been i, I bought some new joy cons um, for the longest time, I really wanted like the neon ones for some reason. Oh, is that the red and blue ones? No, um, I bought the blue. It's these ones. So like the the blue and yellow ones. Oh, they're cool. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I just really wanted colored Joy Cons for the longest time. Like when we originally bought the consoles, um, I wanted the colored ones, but they didn't have them, so I had to settle for gray, which is boring. Um, so. So now I thought, well, yeah, may as well just take the plunge because they were on sale and uh, had a voucher. So uh, I can now, I guess, play my Switch in handheld mode again uh, and send off my other Joy-Cons to get repaired in the meantime. <laughs> Honestly, though, this whole Joy-Con drift thing is such a bummer because the Switch, like playing it in handheld is like, what, 70% of the appeal? Mm. The other 30% is being able to play all, like, all of Nintendo's first-party games. Yeah, I mean... Did I ever tell you what I did when my Joy-Cons started drifting? Do you like, what, you stand the, the console by itself and then play with your Pro Controller? Kinda. So I found doing that was hurting, doing that initially was hurting my back. Yeah. So what I did was, I had the, whilst the Joy-Cons were getting repaired, I was holding the device up with my, the screen up with my knees. Yeah. I was slouched down so far down on my chair and I was playing with a pro controller whilst holding the as a console up with my knees. It, it was <laughs> good on your back. No, 
but it was marginally better than having it stood up on the table and me hunched over the table. You 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 could have just played it on the TV. <laughs> but I wanted to be downstairs and away from my TV and like yeah, and play um, Dragon Quest because that's the annoying thing because it was it was the left Joy-Con that was drifting. Yeah, and because it was drifting, that left Joy-Con was could also control cycling through the dialogue. Yeah. So basically, because it was drifting, it would just cycle through all the dialogue at like breakneck speed, and I'd get none of the story. <laughs> but yeah, for me, for me, it's the right one, and it's it was when it first started happening. It was so irritating. It's like I'll be playing. I was playing. Uh, I think I was playing ukulele, and I was giving it a go, and I'd be walking around, and all of a sudden, the camera would just pan up. And it, it got so frustrating. I was like, man, fuck this. And and then re- yeah, recently it's just been any like little touch, it'll just get jammed now, um, going down or going right. So I can't do either of those things. So it's, it's a nightmare when you're, on, when you're on the Switch eShop and it just starts, as you said, cycling through all the different listings and you're like, oh, stop it, fuck it, stop it. So that's why I haven't really been playing my Switch that much, um, especially in handheld. I've just not been playing it. Unless it's like a 2D game, I can play with the, the buttons, but the... Yeah, it's been putting me off from playing it. it. That's the thing. It's not something you can ignore. No, 100%. Unfortunately, not. it starts off as a minor issue, but it just kind of, it doesn't get better and it just snowballs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but in terms of the PS5, I mean, have you, have you been getting more into any of the PS5 games? Or? So I have been powering through um, Persona 5, which we were speaking about last week. Yeah, so we're making, making good that. progress, really having fun with like the kind of side stories and like doing odd stuff. Um, I received Ghost of Shashima for Christmas. Oh, nice. I bought that too. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, I'm going to make a start on that at some point. I'm kind of at, um, at a weird point where... I basically plan to buy a TV for as soon as the new TVs come out after the consumer electronics show in January. Yeah. It's after that show. That's when they're going to start putting out the new TVs for 2021. So I'm kind of like at a point where do I want to wait to play these games once I get a new TV Mm. and then experience it with like HDMI 2.1, really good like frame rates and everything. You probably would for something like Ghosts. Yeah. Whereas, like games yeah. like, for example, Persona Five, you may as well just carry on plunging through because it's a PS5 yeah. ultimately. Yeah, ex- exactly. So I'm kind of just like I've got all these fantastic games to play. I've got um, Valhalla, which I told you about last week, um, which I have. I've got um, where well, Ghost of Tsushima. I've got Sekiro to play. But yeah. I'm just waiting for the TV. <laughs> Sekiro, you may as well just play. I think because yeah. if I'm not mistaken, Sekiro is not 4K. Uh, I don't think it is. Yes, you know, that, I, I was I was getting really good at. That. I, was, I played like the first. For, I played for good like four or five hours. I was getting really fucking good. Oh what Sekiro? I, yeah, I was actually getting. I was actually quite surprised. Like I was just yeah. It's 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 so. I've I've never experienced such a satisfying method of killing things. Yeah. If I'm if yeah, I've only ever heard like that is ridiculously hard. That's the thing. Like, I don't. That's why I've never been into any of the Souls-like games because I give up really easily. So I feel I like mean, I'm like, losing my money. Like you die so frequently um, to begin with, but once you kind of get the rhythm, understand how the combat works, and you just you get super amped up to break the like the posture off like their attack mm. and just like disrupt their rhythm and just slaughter them. It's a thing of beauty. <laughs> I can see why it's been reviewed as an, like, so, well, aside from the difficulty, it's been reviewed quite positively, and I can see why. Cause I think people know about the difficulty going in. Like, I think that's for people who are fans of the Soul Likes. Like, that is a big, that's the big appeal, isn't it? It's, mm. uh, it's hard to master, but when you do, you must, that, that sense of satisfaction you get must be amazing. Like, I remember seeing, I remember reading something when, around the time that Sekro came out, Someone managed to complete the game, but they did the so um, with the yeah the Donkey Kong bongos, yeah. and that sounds incredible. <laughs> like, People often use the Donkey Kong bongos as a as a challenge method for some reason. And honestly, I mean, you know, fair play. That's just fair play. I have nothing to say to that other than wow. 
Yeah, like my respect. <laughs> like that's incredible. I'd love to see something like that. I don't know how the Donkey Kong bongas work, by the way, as a controller. I have no idea. I'm assuming there's like a rhythm to it. I'm assuming one goes left, one goes right, but... I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, uh, I kind of assume like you hit different parts of the bongos to like input something, like like the edges, like around the edges and centrally, I, mean, I assume. I have no idea. I actually have no idea. I, d- I don't know because this is early 2000s technology, so I don't know how intricate it can really be. Hmm. Yeah, there's also that. <laughs> Donkey Kong bongos. I, maybe, um, it's some, maybe it's something we need to explore. We might need to, actually. I want to see what other games people have been playing with Donkey Kong bongos. Yeah. Or maybe we should get a couple. Yeah, but uh, what else have you been up to? And what else have you been doing? Well, uh, besides... Because I said I was, I was playing... Oh, right. My first impressions of Final Fantasy XV. Um, so I decided to play... To start Final Fantasy XV. Mm-hmm. And I can confirm that it is interesting, but also it kind of drags. And I'm kind of regretting starting it because I, I feel like that part of me thinks, oh, I need to finish this game because I started it. But the other part of me is thinking I'm only kind of having fun. <laughs> so are you, kind of, are, you, are, you, are you kind of tricking yourself into thinking that you are actually having fun when in reality you're not? It's the problem is that sometimes it has the trappings that a lot of open world games does where uh, some things just take fucking forever. You know, you know, in open world games and even Breath of the Wild is kind of guilty of this at points is when you're getting from point A to point B in like specific missions and stuff, the in-between can kind of drag, right? Like you're just running around. You're not actually doing a lot. Sometimes I can drag, and because open world games, like I have an issue with that kind of style when I'm playing like a like a linear game. But in open world games, it's like times a hundred because you've got so much ground to cover. And oh, yeah. uh, I don't know, like it's not it's, it's it's such a technically impressive game. It looks so nice, mm. and the combat is sort of similar to Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, okay, but. It's, I don't know, I just, I'm not 100% sold on it. I think, as I said, I, do, I don't Do you think I'm, it's going to be something that, given more time? I don't know. I, I've given it like 10 hours so far, so I don't know like how much more time you're meant to give it. Before. Yeah, that's a, that's a healthy portion of your time. Right. I, I'm not mistaken in thinking like a 10 hours is a fair amount to go, maybe I don't like this game. Whereas it's like, I want to see what happens next in the story, but I also don't give a fuck. Is they haven't sold me yet on um, the central plot is the problem. And that's weird for a Final Fantasy game, considering I I love the plot of the other game, like the 7, 9, and 6, and all these games. I could not put down. So I don't know if I mean, it's... You've got to understand, like, not every game is going to be a winner. <laughs> no, and that's the problem. But I think 15 is quite a divisive one, because people either love it or they just don't care, and they want to give up. Maybe that maybe you you've kind of answered your question and you kind of fall into that category then. Maybe, but I'm too like I'm 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 weirdly defiant about it. I'm like I want to see what happens next. Just assume like maybe I'm not I'm not a giver upper if you know what I mean. But yeah, it probably just isn't for me. Lucky I'm for sorry, me, man, you keep PS Plus free game. Out on my end. Like I didn't lose out on anything because it's a free game on PS Plus. Okay. That's okay. That that makes it a lot more kind of. Nope, yeah, cut out. Yeah, I'll see how it goes with 15, but I'll probably end up talking about it again later on in another podcast we end up doing. Sounds good. Sounds good to me. I think, so, uh, yeah, so shall, let's shall we wrap things up here. Yeah, I think we're done. I think that was a, a, a something review of Wonder Woman. And. Here we are. So, what, episode three in three weeks? Mm-hmm. Man, we are on a roll. Let's, let's, let's hope we carry on this momentum into the next year. We absolutely will, because we're probably going to be stuck in our homes for another half a year at least. Oh, yes, we are. So, uh, <laughs> at, least, at least our adoring fans have something to look forward to in these coming months. Even that, months. or our voices are going to make them go stir crazy even more. Yeah. It could be like we're the ghosts in The Shining and we're just like making them more crazy. <laughs> that would be very apt for two of us. But yeah, be... 
Sorry. Oh no, I was going to say that'd be quite quite an interesting like news headline to see. <laughs> but in on that on that psychotic note, uh, thank you everybody for for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week, and we'll think of something else to talk about. But in the meantime, we hope you have a great evening, uh, New Year's. And a great 2021, which uh, yeah, at this time of recording, it's, it's New Year's Eve. We are we are sad enough to be doing this podcast on New Year's Eve instead of having friends. Hey, we're, we're so committed to the cause. That's why it's, it's 100% we're just so committed to the cause. <laughs> but it's been an interesting year and it's been nice to spend the final moments doing this. And I look forward to many more for next year. And I wish everyone a fantastic New Year's. Okay, next episode's the best of even though even though there's been barely anything that happened this year, but we're going to fucking do this best of. Right, join us next week. Maybe we should, maybe we should flip it and just instead just do the worst of 2020 so. instead, of the, instead of the best of. That's our next two episodes. Okay, we're going to do a best of and a worst of, and that's in, 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 and in successive out. weeks, we'll do a best of and worst of. There we go. There we, 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 we have a topic. But yeah, in the meantime, take care, everybody, and hope you have a great day.